3, 2, 1. Welcome back, y'all, to the Anyone Can Run podcast. The podcast for hot shot fitness fiends just kicking off their journey towards living a healthy and fit lifestyle. It doesn't matter if you're trying to crush your first race or if you're just looking to progress on the race of life, this is the podcast for you. I am your host, True Bros, aka Gabe, aka the hotshot gamer who dominates Twitch, podcasting, and YouTube on the regular, and I am an NCCA certified personal trainer, gamer, and sneakerhead who specializes in helping clients reach their health and fitness goals. This podcast is a blend of motivational words, a chronicle of my personal journey on the road to Gainesville, some poor attempts at humor, but above all, it's the place where we cover cultivating the marathon mindset and everything else you need to know to help you start your personal fitness journey on the right foot. Before we dive into today's conversation, I have an ask, dear listener, and it's the same ask I posed before our last few conversations because we are now in the final two weeks of our St. Jude fundraiser. Thanks to you psychomaniac hotshots, we have now raised over 1200 US dollars for the children of St. Jude, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. But we're not done yet, nah, 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 nah. It's not a secret, but I create content because I want to encourage the young gamers of the world to live a healthy and fit lifestyle. I also do our humble podcast here and create YouTube videos because I have ulterior motives. I want to get an insane number of followers. I want to become synonymous with podcasting and YouTube and Twitch for one reason. For the past six years, every April and May, my household participates in St. Jude Play Live, which is all about raising money for the children of St. Jude. As a little background on yours truly, my first full-time job was at a place helping cancer patients get access to resources they need, and never once did I need to speak to the families of children going through treatment because of St. Jude. Because of this, it's something very near and dear to my heart. And I want to get as popular as possible so every year we can do some good to help those who truly need it. I don't put ads in my content or try to monetize or anything like that because my goal isn't to get paid, it's to get B.I.G. big. If you're able to contribute, there's a link to our fundraiser in the description of this episode. And it doesn't matter if it's $1, $5, $10,000, no amount is too small or too big and it's very much appreciated. Also, if you're, uh, you know, kind of bored the weekend of May 29th and May 30th, I plan to be playing video games over at twitch.tv slash truebros, aka the Twitch gym, for 24 hours straight for one final big fundraising push. So if you're able to contribute, it would mean the world to me. Now let's dive into today's topic of discussion. As I'm sitting here, it is Sunday, May 16th at 8.32 p.m. And I know what you're thinking, True Bros, you always record episodes weeks ahead of time. You're always so organized. You're always so well thought out. Why are you recording so late when this episode is going to come out in less than 12 hours? Well, this is going to seem like a bit of a tangent, but I personally have a lot of things going on, just like everybody else, right? Between work and family and house hunting and these barrage of things that I have going on 
it has been difficult to find the time to do things that help me relax or unwind. And that's kind of the segue that I want to lead into today's topic of discussion. When I first began working out, I had a negative connotation or a bit of a stigma with the concept of recovery. To me, recovery was something you did as part of rehab for an injury or when you were overcoming an illness or an ailment. In hindsight, I think this can be attributed to the fact, for the most part, recovery isn't something you actively do. When I used to think of the term recovery, I'd picture it as something passive and not necessarily something that's helping me progress, and not, you know, presumably because it's a passive activity. This was before I gained knowledge of training concepts, and the simple fact is that recovery is an integral part of any training plan. Given my lack of exposure and knowledge at the time, I think it's easy to see how I formed that negative view of recovery in my mind. Now, when I hear my favorite R word, and I mean, apart from relaxation, rebel alliance, Ryzen, and races, my mind goes to a thousand different places. Hey, that rhymed. That was pretty hot shot if I do say so myself. Man, I do miss running races. I miss securing those pieces of bling and feeling that competition both against yourself and of the field. But hey, that's a conversation for another time. When we're talking about recovery, I'd say that much of my prior concepts of recovery were due to experience and knowledge. But the primary thing I find intriguing about recovery now isn't just how integral it is to my training, but to me as a human being. And this is kind of touching on what we just discussed a couple minutes ago. We as healthy and fit individuals obviously prioritize our physical and mental well-being, but this is only one component of who we are as people. Just like we need work-life balance to maintain our sanity and stay healthy, we need recovery from our workout sessions to maximize our gains and to progress on our fitness journeys. Given just how widespread the scope of recovery is, I figure if you're in the process of just beginning your health and fitness journey like I was all those years ago, there's a fair chance you haven't considered just how vital a role recovery plays in it. Today, we're going to discuss the concept of recovery. We're going to cover <laughs> rest, active recovery, eating for recovery, cross-training, medicinal recovery, and of course, mental recovery. As someone who is constantly looking forward, I'll readily admit that mental recovery is something I never really paid much mind to. Even as I became more well-versed in various training methodologies, between work and family and social obligations, and goals I want to reach both personally and professionally, I can't even fully articulate just how valuable I find mental recovery. And really, that's what I view Twitch and YouTube and our conversations here as. For much of my life, when it came to exercise, I viewed the word recovery as essentially a synonym for the word rest. This is not inherently incorrect, nor is it a bad thing. And I'd hazard a guess when you think about the concept of recovery, you equate it with rest, which absolutely makes sense. 
Rest is an integral component of any training plan worth its merit, as our bodies need time to recover from the strain of exercise in order to build strength and endurance. Although I'd suspect many of you just beginning your fitness journey aren't interested in participating in combat sports, I'd guessed that you would have at least heard the term quote-unquote training camp, which combat athletes use to prepare for their fight. From a very high level, these run for a specific amount of time and are designed to have the athlete reach their physical peak on fight night. Additionally, I'd suspect many of you hotshots have at least heard the word overtraining. Essentially, overtraining means pushing your body too far, too fast, with not enough rest, which in turn leads to physical fatigue and greatly increases your risk for injury, among other things. For many years, I was guilty of falling into this trap as well, as rest wasn't something I paid much mind to. Heck, Today is Sunday night, like I said. Friday I went running, I think I did 6 or 8 miles or something like that, and it wasn't the best run I've ever done. I was uh, just feeling a little worn out. And when I got back, my calves were pretty tight. But with work, I kind of have to schedule my runs when I have time to, you know, set aside 90 minutes or what have you. So, And it was supposed to rain today here in Texas. So my original plan was to take Saturday off because I knew I kind of needed that day to recover and then run Sunday. But again, knowing it was going to rain today, I ended up running Saturday even though I knew it wasn't the best thing. And all Saturday, my calf was bothering me. Even today, for the most part, the wife and I ran errands. We went to go pick up a couple things at a store, ran a couple errands, and all day my calf has kind of been bugging me. Even though... I knew I shouldn't have gone running. I wanted to because I kind of wanted to get that run in, so to speak. And there you go. I know that my calf is a little sore right now and it's kind of sensitive because I was overtraining. And especially when you are as impatient as I am, you prefer to actually be doing something such as training as opposed to feeling like you're just wasting time by partaking in your scheduled rest days as part of a training plan. The operative word in that statement is feeling, because even though I wasn't actively training, I was certainly progressing by resting when you're resting as part of a training plan, which I know sounds counterintuitive to the untrained ear. It's an easy trap to fall into, just like I did over the past two days. But recovery, and in this specific circumstance we're talking about rest, is paramount to ensuring you progress on your fitness journey. I know we've touched on this at some point in our illustrious history, and I know this is going to sound like a wild tangent, but bear with me for a moment. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. I view physical fitness as the great equalizer among individuals. Doesn't matter the language you speak nor your background. Provided your medical professional says you are capable of exercising, you can get stronger, faster, and improve your cardiovascular endurance. All it takes is the right equipment, like access to weights if you're looking to pump iron, or a solid pair of shoes if you're ready to get out and pound the pavement, and a willingness to devote yourself to living a healthy lifestyle. That willingness is imperative, as 
It is what forms the foundation of our marathon mindset, because there are no easy paths when it comes to improving your cardiovascular and muscular strength. I bring this up because as I've mentioned countless times, when I signed up for my first marathon, I only had a few months notice, and I'd never run more than like six miles in my life up to that point. When I jumped into the tail end of a six-month training plan to physically prepare, my thought process was I need to knock out the assigned mileage each day and maybe do a little extra during the week to get my strength and endurance up. Essentially, I thought I would be able to just make a drastic jump in the number of miles I typically logged in order to prepare. While I see the thought process behind this particular decision in hindsight, it was absolutely a mistake. This led to overtraining pretty quickly, which in turn led to a plethora of physical issues which prevented me from running almost at all in the month leading up to the race. Rest is an essential part of training, even if it doesn't feel like it. In my personal experience and in working with clients, I'd argue that rest days are the most difficult, as when I used to have no workout on the calendar, I know that uh, I was liable to grab a drink or eat fast food or make some kind of bad decision related to food, as I didn't have the physical act of training to occupy my time and mind. Non-training days used to be a severe mental struggle. However, once I became accustomed to working out regularly, which really only takes about six weeks at most, I began to view my recovery in a different light, which brings me to our next topic of discussion, active recovery. Undoubtedly, there are still days where I don't engage in any form of physical exercise, like today with my bad calf. All I did was kind of run errands and walk around. There was no dedicated, strenuous exercise time carved out of the day. Whether it's due to schedules or just being sore, there are still occasionally days where I don't do anything, even run errands, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Truth be told, I don't get sore very frequently as a majority of my time is spent walking or running, and I've already grown accustomed to that. But still, it's easy to miss a day here or there, and doing so isn't going to completely derail your health and fitness journey. Before we fully transition to the next component of today's discussion, I want this to be crystal clear, as this was something I used to beat myself up about during my early days, and I've sporadically seen clients do the same over the years. Living a healthy and fit lifestyle primarily consists of two facets, engaging in exercise regularly and being cognizant of the food we consume. While we need to eat every single day... Our bodies need to become accustomed to the rigors of exercise. So especially when you're just starting out, the significance of rest to both your mind and body cannot be overstated. If a workout plan calls for a rest day, don't hesitate to take it. If you miss a workout here and there, don't beat yourself up about it. Life happens. Schedules get thrown awry for everyone. So long as you're being mindful of what you consume and are sticking to your nutritional plan, you're still progressing on your health and fitness journey, even if you miss a workout or two. 
Don't feel the need to try and quote unquote make up for it. Unless you're feeling extra froggy at the end of your prescribed workout and you want to throw on a hot shot finisher. One workout isn't going to make or break you, but beating yourself up about it can make exercise feel like something you have to do. Almost like it's a work responsibility or something. We must never lose sight of the fact that even though we're fundamentally changing our lifestyle and are doing our best to establish a routine with working out, none of this is work. This is the absolute best form of self-care we can participate in, as we're not only improving our physical selves, but our marathon mindset. When you're working out, that time is for you and you alone to better yourself and think about whatever you dang well please. We've got to take care of ourselves, and working out is a privilege. It's almost an indulgence we should be grateful for. I know there are times when I feel like my schedule is just too hectic, and I can't get a second to clear my head. And doing a quick workout or going for a quick run is a way for me to kind of find that me time. The last thing we want to do is establish a work or an adversarial relationship with working out. The foundation of the marathon mentality is a willingness and desire to better yourself. So never forget how lucky we are to be able to take care of both our minds and bodies. I know that that's a bit of a tangent, but it was something I wanted to reiterate before we moved on to our next topic of discussion. Like we just covered, Taking time off, especially when it's prescribed as part of a training plan, is an integral component of improving ourselves mentally and physically. However, I'd hazard a guess once you get accustomed to running, you're going to fall into the same cycle I do. Or maybe it's not running, maybe it's just lifting weights. But that cycle is, when I'm not working out, feels kind of weird. If I'm bursting with energy, even if it's not a heavy running or lifting day, I still want to do something. But as we just covered, rest is an integral part of a training cycle. So what are you supposed to do? Lucky for you, dear psychomaniac fitness fiend, you aren't resigned to just sitting around, twiddling your thumbs and getting dominated by me and Apex Legends. Nah, 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 nah. As long as you are familiar with the concept of active recovery you should be able to keep your desire to engage in physical activity while also actively resting, which I know sounds like an oxymoron. The concept of cross-training is one we've touched on quite a bit in previous discussions, and for the purposes of today's conversation, I think it's beneficial to at least give a brief overview of it. While the denotation of cross-training means engaging in various types of exercises and, as a result, stimulating multiple muscle groups, I always break down the concept like this. Essentially, if you're a psychomaniac runner who is solely focused on pounding the pavement and racking up miles and medals, cross-training would be anything other than running. I feel as if this particular definition is more palatable and fairly easy to comprehend. Especially after I recovered from my first race, I became dead set on improving my running. However, 
I was cognizant of my predilection towards exercise, and I've always been very fond of engaging in resistance training, which truly everyone should do in some fashion. Because my body was still becoming accustomed to the rigors of high mileage running after that first race, I know not exactly the way you're supposed to approach it, I needed to space out my running because I needed to actually recover. But as we just discussed a few minutes ago, I liked feeling like I was doing something. This meant I didn't want to take any days off from training to an extent, but I knew that I needed to lay off the running other than what was prescribed by my training plan because, again, I was still physically recovering. So on those days where I was scheduled to not run, I did the best thing ever, active recovery. By definition, active recovery means engaging in low-intensity exercise after a particularly strenuous workout. As someone who was running high mileage, for me this meant doing yoga, going for walks, light hiking, very light hiking, nothing strenuous, very light lower body resistance training, perhaps some light cycling. The possibilities are endless. I always want our conversations to be tailored to those who are just beginning their health and fitness journey, because I remember very well those early days when I first began lifting weights in college or running, and the day after or two days later after that exercise, man, I'd be too sore to even move. It's natural in instances such as those when you're incredibly, unbelievably sore but not in physical pain, that's a very important distinction to understand, to not want to do anything. However, in my experience, as well as with every single client I ever worked with or friend who's engaged in regular exercise who came to ask me questions, it's always better to quote-unquote walk it off. Obviously, we're not talking about working through an injury or anything like that. We're just talking about plain old soreness. Engaging in another form of exercise can help with mental stimulation as you feel like you're still progressing because you're actively doing something. It can help with coordination and developing other muscles you may not be using during your primary form of exercise and really a bunch of other stuff. But I always thought the primary benefit of active recovery is to help reduce those feelings of soreness. Active recovery is a fantastic way to somewhat rest while you're on your health and fitness journey, aka traversing the road to Gainesville, and it's something I still do regularly. Sometimes I just go for a walk, or I do my hotshot DDP yoga, or I shadow box with three pound dumbbells. But engaging in light activity helps me reduce soreness, keep making gains, and most importantly, helps me feel like I'm doing something. While we briefly touched on the definition of the concept of cross-training, I think it makes sense to expand upon that a little bit, as this is something that's helped me maintain my sanity when I was dealing with minor injuries. It took me a long time to cultivate my personal marathon mentality, and something I struggled with immensely was beating myself up over mixed workouts, missed workouts. This is why I wanted to make it abundantly clear a few minutes ago, if you miss a workout, it's not the end of the world. This is something we've covered multiple times in previous discussions, but when I overtrained and injured myself in the lead up to my first race, I could not physically run due to joint pain. 
I was I knew that I'd bit off more than I could chew. And I'd spent an insane amount of money to take my first trip to Disney World with my wife to run that first race. And having all that knowledge in the back of my mind was constantly eating at me. And not being able to physically run to try and prepare for it was driving me off the wall. This is what I mean when I say I was on the verge of a dang breakdown from fear and apprehension in the lead up to my first race. But the key to me keeping my sanity was our current topic of discussion, cross-training. I couldn't really run, but I needed to feel like I was engaging in some form of activity at the time because, you know, my mindset wasn't quite where it needed to be. Even though I couldn't run, I was doing the rowing machine, the stationary bike, or the elliptical. Any type of no-impact cardio I could engage in because my joints were positively killing me. I had knee braces. I had ankles or ankle braces. I had, uh, what else, what else? I was slabbering biofreeze on like it was candy. It was just, it was not the best situation. Now, were any of those other workouts particularly useful in helping me get accustomed to the rigors of running? I mean, not really. But the only thing would help because the only thing which helps you get used to running is, uh, you know, running and walking. However, doing all those other exercises helped me engage muscles, muscles I don't typically use while running. It helped me break up the monotony of doing the exact same exercise over and over for hours at a time. Helped me improve my cardiovascular strength and endurance. And at the time, really helped me feel like I was doing something when that was exactly what I needed the most. I don't want to get into the weeds of cross-training too much, but for the purposes of today's discussion, I'd like to frame cross-training as an alternative to active recovery. As I am primarily a runner, I regularly engage in yoga and walking as a means of active recovery, as these are low-intensity exercises. As we previously uh, discussed, cross-training is essentially engaging in other, another form of exercise other than your primary focus. I regularly, do very, I regularly do various forms of resistance training, as well as high-intensity upper body cardio, like shadow boxing or using my heavy bag. Now, do those help me with running? I mean, not necessarily, although the cardiovascular benefit is undeniable. However, as much as I love running, it's not all I do in my life. Sometimes I've got to bring in groceries, move furniture. You get the idea. We got lives. We're all multifaceted human beings with various interests. And as a result, I believe our training should be varied as well. I certainly don't want to veer too far off topic and focus extensively on cross-training. So for the purposes of our discussion today, think about the example I laid out during my first marathon training cycle. None of the exercises I engaged in helped me prepare for running a marathon per se. However, I had way too much tunnel vision throughout that period. I was so focused on running and running alone that I overtrained, injured myself, ruined my frame of mind, and really forgot about why I love working out so much in the first place. It's like I said, it's my time to clear my head while improving my overall health and fitness, and it's something that shouldn't be taken for granted. While I was dealing with minor injuries to my knees and ankles, I could have engaged in upper body resistance training to 
improve myself both physically and really help me chill out mentally, but hey, hindsight is 2020. Think of cross-training as an alternative or variation of active recovery. It's not a perfect comparison, and while it may not necessarily help with training for a specific sport, it helps you engage muscles you wouldn't typically use if you were constantly focused on one activity like I am with running. It helps you mentally stay focused as you're still in your routine of working out, and perhaps most importantly, helps you feel like you're doing something. Although I've learned quite a bit since that initial training cycle over five years ago, it's crazy. I just looked at the time on my laptop and my first race was in 2016. I can't believe it's been over five years, but there's still nothing as quite as satisfying as actually feeling yourself engaging in activity. Fairly certain I've mentioned this at some point, but even as a runner, There's nothing quite like banging out pull-ups or lifting weights to give both that mental and physical satisfaction I get from working out. While cross-training isn't necessarily going to greatly improve your process of muscular recovery, it isn't going to hinder anything. So as long as you're sticking to a low-intensity exercise and it can do wonders for you mentally, so to me, it's really just a win-win. Now we're going to shift gears and cover what is absolutely one of my favorite subjects in the world, food. I know there are a couple of things I repeat all the time during our conversations here, but I do so because I can't stand, I can't stand people who purport to be experts on a subject despite having no professional credentials to back them up. I bring this up because, again, I am a certified personal trainer, a hotshot gamer, and a sneakerhead, not a licensed nutritionist or dietitian. Because of this, it'd be inappropriate for me to provide guidance on what you should eat. However, I can encourage you to be cognizant of what you consume, and that's essentially what I want you to bear in mind. Believe me, for years, I have not wanted to admit That whenever I have a bunch of fast food, specifically Taco Bell, and I get a Baja Blast and I would mix in vodka or something like that, the next day my workouts would suffer. That may not sound like a big deal, nor may it sound like an earth-shattering revelation, but when you're a sucker for fast food and truly prioritize convenience over anything else when it comes to food, boy oh boy it hurts my soul to admit I genuinely believe the greatest physical tool we as healthy and fit individuals can develop as part of our journey on the road to Gainesville is how to listen to our bodies, to be aware of our physical limits and how we should physically feel at all times. It may sound trivial, but if you spend a few days being hydrated out of your mind, Eating clean, meaning nothing heavy or greasy or full of sugar, and you're getting adequate sleep, I'd surmise that you're going to feel a dramatic difference than if you spent the same amount of time munching on junk, imbibing alcohol, and getting no sleep. I bring this up because in my eyes, eating for recovery isn't so much about consuming specific foods. Yes, it's beneficial to have protein after an extended workout, and we should always be drinking water, but again, I'm not here to tell you what to eat. 
If you've never done this, here's my ask to you, hotshot. Spend five days, just five days, eating quote-unquote clean. Now, this is... Typically, I define the term eating clean as just marketing jargon. But to me, what this word means is having no sugary foods or drinks, no alcohol, nothing greasy or fat or deep fried, only lean means try to opt for whole grains, things like that, right? Y'all know what I mean. We're talking eating healthy. Also, make sure during that five-day period, you are getting adequate sleep. Now, I'm not going to tell you how much you should you should sleep, but for me, when I get about seven hours, I'm feeling great, but hey, everybody's different. As long as I'm in bed before 11, I know that I'm going to be feeling pretty dang good the next day. Finally, during this period, this only five-day period, make sure you're hydrating like a psychomaniac. I have this water bottle my wife got me that holds 40 ounces of liquid. I typically fill it up two or three times a day. And I'll tell you, when I only fill it up once, I have I feel the difference. Speaking of, I'm going to tell you all my latest obsession. So I'm really big on sparkling water. If you've ever swung by the Twitch gym, I typically have one or two when I'm on stream. And I typically have one for lunch, so I have a lot of them. But I recently got into canned water called Liquid Death. And they make sparkling water, but they also have a still one. And it has become my latest obsession. Not sponsored. I literally just started drinking this like two weeks ago. but uh, And I buy it at Whole Foods. And it's not cheap. But having canned to me, and again, not a scientist, not a doctor. But to me, I think that's healthier because I don't know about y'all. But I remember a period where all I was hearing about in the news was like BPAs from plastic and all this other stuff. So I was like, well, I'll get aluminum and I'll have that because there's nothing that can leak over. And it's become my favorite thing because the can design is awesome. So now when I'm on stream, I start having one or two of those. And those are 16 ounces versus 8. So, or versus 12 or what have you. I think they're 16. I don't know. But they're big. They're tall boys. So I'm getting a lot of water. I like it. I know that was a wild tangent. But let's get back to what we were talking about. So I typically try my best to adhere to the steps I just laid out for you. We're talking eating clean getting adequate sleep, getting hydrated out of my mind. But it's not uncommon for me to mess up one of them. Typically sleep, because I'm a total sucker for watching YouTube videos and various shows to unwind. If I go to bed after 11, though, I'm pretty slow to start. And if I'm not slow to start, I find that I run out of gas late in the afternoon. If I'm eating clean, like I normally do for a few days or a week, and then I have a burger or something as I am wont to do, my workouts and typically my stomach pay the price the next day. I bring this up because especially when you've been eating clean and you're getting your workouts in and you're living healthy and fit, odds are you're going to be feeling dang good. Especially when you're trying to recover from either a strenuous workout or a minor injury, which doesn't require medical attention. It's easy to think, well, it's fine if I have a burger since I've been doing so well, or something to that effect. Now, don't get it twisted. I am not trying to tell you to avoid pizza and burgers and hot wings like the plague. A world without those is a world I do not want to live in. Nah, 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 nah. What I am saying 
is just to be mindful of how those make you feel and to indulge sporadically. Everything we do should be in service of our marathon mentality, but should also keep us feeling as physically good as possible, especially when you're trying to recover from a strenuous workout. I recommend fueling intelligently because the difference you feel will be night and day. And if you don't believe me, try for yourself. I'm a strong advocate of going off how you feel. And once you begin truly paying attention to how you're physically feeling, not only in relation to your workouts, but with how you're fueling, meaning what you're eating, I'd reckon your journey on the road to Gainesville is going to progress at an even better rate. The concept of recovery is one I believe has many connotations to medicinal or medical practices, and I completely understand that. As a certified personal trainer and not a medical professional, I certainly don't want our topics of discussion here to be misconstrued as medical advice, as that's completely inappropriate and really would be outside my purview. As we just covered, as we just covered, I'm really big on going off feel because that was a skill that took me some time to develop. Overtraining was something which led to me being unable to run almost entirely in the month leading up to my first race. However, it happened because I was unaccustomed to listening to my body and was unaware of the personal telltale signs an issue was on the cusp of forming for me physically. Just like I knew on Friday I needed to take Saturday off, but I didn't, and here I am in the closet with my calf kind of bugging me. I bring this up because when it comes to medical or physical recovery, there are two truths I stressed to every client I worked with. No one knows your body better than you, and if you think you might be dealing with a serious issue, go see a medical professional. There's a distinct difference between being really, really ridiculously sore, you thought I was going to say good looking, and being in physical pain. And if you're accustomed to pushing yourself and engaging in vigorous exercise, odds are it'll take you some time to be able to identify the difference between the two. There's nothing wrong with home remedies such as ice, compression, heat, biofreeze, things like that. If you're confident that you're dealing with a minor injury which will go away in a day or two. Like me with the calf thing. I knew it was going to go away in a day if I took time off. But I didn't. But I know my body. I've been there before. I've dealt with multiple injuries. I've been working out regularly for five years at this point. So I have this knowledge. I know what I feel like physically. What feels normal to me. If you're not certain that you're dealing with a minor injury that's going to go away in a day or two. It's not a bad idea to go see a medical professional to be on the safe side. If you even suspect that something might be wrong, my advice is always to play it safe, to take it easy, and to engage in really light cross-training if you absolutely need to do something. As if you couldn't tell from our conversations here or from my incomparable gaming prowess with a luchador mask on, I'm a tough guy. I'm a hotshot, and I certainly never want to go to the doctor. Heck, I personally even avoid over-the-counter medications if at all possible. However, I only have one body which I know pretty dang well at this point, so if something feels odd, 
I don't worry about it too much, but I notate the feeling. I notate the circumstances, how it felt, all of that. If something absolutely feels wrong, I make an appointment to see the doctor. Now, this is just what I do personally. And just because something works for me doesn't mean it'll work for everyone. And again, just to reiterate, I am not a medical professional. As a result, I'll share the same advice with you, hotshot listeners, I always shared with my clients. If something feels peculiar or off, or you're just not sure, err on the side of caution. I'm a staunch advocate of being safe rather than sorry, especially when it comes to our physical well-being. I know we had a high-level discussion of medicinal or medical recovery. However, as we stressed at the beginning of that topic, it's kind of by design. I know I probably sound like a broken record at this point, but I always think it's beneficial to preface any comments I make, vague or high-level as they may be, with the disclaimer that I'm not a medical professional and all we're having here is a one-way discussion and you're listening to a guy who's sitting in his closet with a laptop on top of a suitcase. So, you know, it's not really a back-and-forth conversation. Besides, everyone's different with unique biochemistries and pain tolerances and all that jazz. So if you ask me, it's best to go to the smart people like doctors who know what they're talking about and know you and your medical history. If you even have an inkling a potential issue may be on the horizon. The last component of recovery is the one that I feel is oft overlooked, and that's the concept of mental recovery, just like we talked about at the top of the episode. As our bodies need to recover from strenuous workouts and long days, so too do our minds. This isn't much of a secret when it comes to mental tasks like work. It's why people take vacations and whatnot. However, while we may not need a quote-unquote vacation from our workout routine, sometimes we do need variance or even just a few days off. For a few months, just the thought of going out and doing a run over five miles seemed absolutely daunting in my head. I want to say from like February to April or something like that. Maybe it was January to April. I just didn't want to go out and do high mileage runs. Work had been particularly rough and I had a bunch of other things going on. So even though I'd gone out and knocked out five mile runs, I mean, many times in my life, hundreds of times at this, at that, by that point, just the mere thought of putting on sunblock and going out and pounding the pavement seemed very draining from a mental perspective. Now, I was still getting in my workouts. However, my love affair with extended high-mileage cardio sessions had essentially dissipated. So, I was opting for resistance training and or high-intensity cardio sessions. As an adamant Star Wars fan, I decided to finally delve into the world of Star Wars audiobooks. As I'm borrowing these from my local library via the Libby app, shout out your local library, I've only access to them for three weeks, and many of these books are 14 hours in length or more. In order to hear as much of the story as possible, I'd go for what I call extended walks, which are essentially me alternating between walking for four minutes and then running at a comfortable pace for six, or maybe I do five and five, kind of just whatever I'm feeling that day. Sticking to that cadence and being immersed in the world of Star Wars means I've been knocking out five to seven miles regularly, 
and I even hit 10 for the first time in over a year, I want to say two weeks ago. Not pushing myself to get faster or run further, coupled with an audiobook as opposed to music or a podcast, has done wonders for my mentality, as while I'm moving and hydrating and fueling and all that, I'm mentally focused on something I absolutely love. Right now, I'm reading the first Thrawn book. It's called, it's literally just called Thrawn. And if you've seen Star Wars Rebels or The Mandalorian, you want to read this book if you haven't. And if you haven't seen Star Wars Rebels or The Mandalorian, first go watch the animated Clone Wars, watch up to season six, then watch Rebels, all four seasons, then watch Clone Wars. I watch a lot of Star Wars, man. What can I say? (laughs) But I bring this up and really watching Star Wars is another form of mental recovery that I absolutely adore. But the form of mental recovery, which is most beneficial for you, is going to depend on a confluence of factors, including your workout predilections, your schedule, etc., etc. Regardless of the form of recovery you engage in as it relates to your health and fitness journey, the one thing I'd encourage you to remain cognizant of is the fact you have made the conscious decision to prioritize your health and fitness. Maybe you need a break from the iron paradise and need to take some time away from the gym. The gym. The gym. I don't know why that word sounds weird in my head right now. It's been a long day. (laughs) And it's natural to think that if you take time away from the gym, it's going to inhibit your physical progress. But you could always go hike or swim, ride bikes, or literally just do what I did when I first began my audiobook and just go out for a walk. Those first few days, I just walked at a leisurely pace and listened to the book. I was probably walking like an 18-minute mile, which for me is pretty leisurely. As you can imagine, you know, as a hotshot runner, I began running on the third day or so, but you don't necessarily have to, not at all. The point is for you to recover mentally, so if you just want to walk, feel free. Cross-training or just engaging in other physical activities is a way to continue your healthy and fit lifestyle while affording you the opportunity to mentally reset. In that same vein, just because you need to clear your head, have some downtime, and change up your typical routine to recover mentally, doesn't mean to lose track of what you're consuming. We always want to bear in mind how we're feeling physically and how this corresponds to the foods we're consuming. And it's very easy to throw off all your productive work from a training standpoint by gorging yourself on something unhealthy. Regularly, not one time, right? If you have Taco Bell one time, it's not going to kill you. Trust me, I do it all the time. (laughs) But you don't want to get into that habit of having fast food all the time. The same way you may need to clear your head when it comes to your workouts, you may need to do the same with your eating habits. There's nothing wrong with trying out new foods, giving a specific eating style a try, such as going plant-based or keto or what have you for a week, just to see how you're feeling and how your body responds. Even establishing breaks in your typical routine, such as trying only plant-based foods for two weeks or something like that, can also serve as a type of mental reset, as you won't necessarily be doing the same thing you always do. The same way We can encounter burnout in our careers or school. You absolutely can do the same when it comes to other aspects of your life. Prior to the pandemic, this is why I was such a strong advocate of travel. A new atmosphere and new locales and new foods 
help with perspective, which for me at least, in turn helps with my process of mental recovery. Rest and recovery are an oft-overlooked component of our health and fitness journey, especially for those just starting out on the road to Gainesville. As we just discussed, there are a myriad of forms that recovery process can take. And even if you don't feel as if you need to engage in a specific type very frequently, I'd suspect that it's beneficial to be at least tangentially aware of each. The same way we need to put in work in the gym, we need to make sure our bodies are given adequate time to rest and recover. The same way we may use working out to clear our head, we may need to occasionally engage in different types of activities to avoid burnout. As long as you remain cognizant of the fact recovery is vital to the process, your journey on the road to Gainesville is going to progress at an aggressive clip. And baby, baby, that's what it's all about. I appreciate you spending some time with me today, and I hope you're seeing what I see. That truly, anyone can run the road to Gainesville. The content schedule for yours truly consists of dropping a podcast episode one week and a YouTube video the following week, so you'll get a new episode every other Monday unless, you know, I'm out of ideas for a conversation, so make sure you smash that subscribe button. And if you feel like watching some hotshot videos on the YouTube, there is a link to the channel in the description. If you're able, please contribute to the fundraiser for St. Jude, which runs into the end of May 2021. If you've ever got questions or ideas for a topic you'd like covered in a future episode, feel free to hit me on Instagram or Twitter at AnyoneCanRunPod. If you enjoy Anyone Can Run, notify another potential fitness fiend so we can all help one another live a healthy and fit lifestyle. If you want to show some extra support for your favorite fitness podcast, please go over to twitch.tv slash truebros, smash that follow button, find us on YouTube, and hit that subscribe button, or leave a quick rating and review in your podcast app of choice. They're all free, and I appreciate them so, so much. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Anyone Can Run podcast, and if you did, don't forget to pound that subscribe button. If you didn't enjoy it well, you get what you pay for. And regardless, I look forward to seeing you on the road to Gainesville.